When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes have saved the Wind God from the evil Augustan Palantir, but in the process, Butthole has been abandoned by Moonhammer. Will our heroes make it to the Thiefies in time? Which of their wishes will the Wind God grant? Will we learn more about their hostage Steve-ums rich backstory? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. You're in a darkened hallway. It's late at night. The three of you are gently split up. Quinny, you're uh, at a safe. You're currently working as fast and as hard as you can to try and crack this thing. Alan, you're standing guard. You were under the impression that you guys could pick a bunch of locks in this mansion, but it turns out all the keys you need are in that safe, so you've got to get in right away. Butthole, you find yourself in a hallway. You can hear footsteps coming. Alan's giving you backup, but it looks like guards are going to be on you immediately. Needless to say, your heist has gone terribly. So... Five days ago, uh, we were still aboard the uh, SS Moonhammer. Butthole, you've had a fairly large revelation. The three of you boarded the ship, uh, left the island. When you left, both of you gave Butthole some room. Mm -hmm. Would either of you have said anything to him at this point? I think Quinny might check in with Butthole in the sense that like he's noticed a difference in his behavior. But I doubt Quinny would be like, ha, 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 I was right, your God's not real, ha, 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 ha. (laughs) So what's one thing Quinny would do on the uh, voyage? Quinny, you know, he's got like, friends that he's close to now. So as much as Butthole can get on his nerves, he would check in and make sure that he is okay because I'm assuming he's probably visibly like sullen and like clearly like a different man. 
Oh, yeah. Butthole's yeah, okay. gone full emo. Okay, yeah. In the corner, let's say uh, I, I'm taking the light hammers off of Goblin Jr. and just holding them out over the water and just, like, dropping them. I'm at the helm right now, and I think I assess that we'll be okay for a little bit if I yep. leave the wheel. So I kind of, like, tie it off and uh, walk over to Butthole there, and Quinny says, Hey, Butthole, what are you doing there? Just dropping hammers in the ocean. Aren't those your silvered hammers? Your your your, your moon hammer hammers? Don't. Don't. Don't don't say that name. Okay. Uh, aren't those important hammers? No. Drop another hammer in the ocean. <laughs> Goblin Jr.'s like, snarf. And he kind of like takes one off with his teeth and throws it over the side. <laughs> you too, Goblin Jr.? Snarf. Throws another one. What's the matter with you two? I take the last two hammers and throw them over. I hope you get your wish. Uh, and then I storm downstairs into the, the, the cargo hold of the ship. Quinny, you look down at the small sort of uh, strip of parchment that all three of you found after making your wish. That, that you just fucking can't get rid of. You know, like sometimes you reach into your pocket and you're like, oh, how do I have this receipt from five days ago that I know I threw out? Mm. It's that kind of thing. It's just kind of anytime you reach into something, you can feel it. And you get mm. the sense that maybe it's the wind god's way of making good on its promise that it will grant the one wish or has possibly already granted the one wish. So you kind of okay. look down at yours. It's confusing. You kind of like fold it back up and put it back in your pocket. Yeah. But all three of you have encountered this, but I don't think any of you would have talked about it with each other, no. uh, given how secretive you're all being. All right, cut back to the hallway. So you're in the mansion of Dalen Cad, who's a retired thief. Unfortunately, your return was ill-timed. Quinny, as you know, the goal of the thiefies is to steal the thiefie mm-hmm. sometime before the ceremonies. But there is a cutoff date at which point everyone wants to spend their time getting ready for the thiefies rather than fighting tooth and nail right up until the day. Right. So as a result, you were depressed to find uh, upon your arrival that the cutoff for the majority of the thiefies has already occurred. Hmm. And part and parcel with that, most of the invitations have already been sent. The thiefies have a way in that uh, is open to any thief because the whole idea is to encourage good thiefing. You know that uh, you need pass coins in order to get in. They're in enchanted coins that will give you access to wherever the thiefies are being held on a given year. Mm-hmm. And there's always people throughout the city who are given these either unaware or aware that you can steal them from in order to get in. So if you're a low-level thief, you still have the chance to right, go. Right. There's only one left that you're aware of, and it belongs to Dallin Cade, who's given the honor of being the wild card every year. So basically, because he's a respected former thief, he always gets one, and it's usually for a crew, because he's notoriously one of the hardest people to steal these from. Right. So right now, your only hope of getting into the thiefies is to steal this, which okay. is why you find yourselves in this mansion. Butthole, there were two city guard who were paying too much attention, and they saw you as you guys collectively tried to break in. They both come running around the corridor and kind of like point to you and like, there he is, get him! What do you do? We'll see if you agree on my hopes for how I look now. <laughs> I am clean shaven. Oh, I, no. I, my, wow. my armor has been beaten into like spikes all over. On my one hand, I have Alan's plus one shield, but I've sharpened all the edges and it's just looped around my forearm in a massive chain. And in my other hand is just like a giant sword. And I just look at him and I like limber up both arms and I just bang the sword off the shield and I say, all right, boys, it's time to dance. <laughs> both of them look gently concerned. From your, your travels, you know that the sort of lush, exotic town of Xanos, which is where you find yourselves, Think of it kind of as a fantasy Las Vegas. You know um, the guards in this town tend to be pretty tough, but they're also not used to chasing people into houses. So you can see there's some some unease between these two guys. Uh, so can you roll me an intimidation check, please? 
17 total. So the guards seem concerned. They're used to chasing down thieves mostly, but big scary guys and like banged up spiky mail, not exactly their jam. So they start to, uh, they both have halberds. So they're kind of like blocking the exit, but they look a little bit shifty. You get the sense that uh, you can probably hold them off for a few minutes. And I think you kind of yell that over your shoulder to the crew. So you, you can do that however you'd like. Faster, idiots. <laughs> Speaking of idiots, uh, <laughs> smash cut back to the boat. So, Alan, <laughs> you see Quinny kind of come back up above decks, looking at the small scrap of parchment in his hand, and he kind of like folds it up and puts it back in his pocket. You found one of these on you as well. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit more with the, the sorts of things the book has been doing lately. You're kind of more used to odd things happening. Okay. Um, but uh, still, your wish is kind of staring you in the face, and it's kind of a fresh reminder of why you're doing all of this. Why I started in the first place. Mm-hmm. You see that Quinny looks a little out of sorts. Butthole is still below deck. Stephen has taken over the helm. You know, his hands are still tied because that's kind of his thing now. What do you do? I've been spending my time at the prow, but I have been sitting in a hut so I can actually see out of it, but no one else can see in. So I was actually watching the exchange go down between Quinny and Butthole just because I've been kind of keeping a really close eye on Butthole, not knowing how to approach him. So I just go up to Quinny and just say like, still the same? Yeah. He won't talk to me about anything. I mean, normally he only wants to talk about one thing, and he hates it when you even mention the word Moonhammer now. Don't say that! They hear yells from under the boat. I don't know what to do at this point. I mean, I've never really believed in a god. Like, I respect them, but I don't know what it's like to to lose your faith. I guess that's what's happened. I don't know. I didn't think that was possible with this guy. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, Maybe he'll get over it, you know? Can we, like, force him to magic or something? (laughs) Force him to what? He uses magic. I mean, maybe in the right situations, it'll just manifest itself. I mean, that's how it came out the first time, right? On the battlefield, uh, healing a guy. I don't know. I would have thought at that temple with the symbol of Moonhammer glowing, that would have been like, sealed the deal. Yes, Moonhammer's real. I thought I was going to have to eat shit for the rest of this voyage. No, it's a Uh, different kind of shit, and I don't like it. Yeah, and I kind of don't like that I can't rub it in his face because I feel bad. It's really big of you. I'm going to give Quinny one point of inspiration for having basic emotion. <laughs> Thank you. It's like the equivalent of a curse, but it's like a curse of like <laughs> smattering of empathy. It's just not as fun as I thought it would be. Together in uncertainty, uh, you kind of leave butthole to his work. Yeah. And the ship continues sailing towards Xanos. So smash cut back to the mansion. Quinny, can you please roll me a dexterity check to try and get through that? And you can use uh, your thieves tools if you want. Okay. And you're trying to get into the safe. Okay. So, is, it, is it sleight of hand or just straight down? Yeah. So give me a yeah, sleight of hand. I'll let okay. you have advantage because you're using your tools. Great. 26 on that. It's a good safe, but it's not the best safe. You've been spending a lot of time cracking locks over the past little while. So um, you're actually able to get through it pretty easily, um, which is good because you can hear Butthole kind of shouting from down the hallway. So what you suspect and kind of what you know of Dale and Cad is that he likely has like a trophy room. Sort of think like not the cartoon, but the character of the Pink Panther from Mm -hmm. the movies where it's just like a gentleman thief. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, And so the idea would be the scores are so old now that everyone who's involved doesn't care anymore or is dead. So it's just kind of like, ha ha, remember when I robbed the Duke of... The heydays. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you suspect that if he's keeping the past coin anywhere, it'll be up there. Okay. Alan, you see two guards. You're going to cover Quinny while he cracked Mm -hmm. the safe. Butthole seems to be holding off down the hallway. To your right are the stairs that lead up to the locked door that seems to be the uh, the second floor where you suspect his office would be. What do you do? Everyone okay down here? Butthole, you good? I'm, I'm busy like banging my armor together and just like howling almost incoherently just and at the guards. Quinny says what he absolutely loves to say, which is, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great. Yeah, it almost looks like Butthole's doing an interpretive dance. Like, he's just, like, <laughs> clanging armor and yelling. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's medieval stomp. Yeah, you can't tell whether it's <laughs> so just a fit or he's really angry. <laughs> yeah. And Goblin Jr. is, like, trying to figure out how to do it as well, but he's, like, really off balance because he isn't wearing his armor anymore because it's all, like, moon hammered up. So he's just kind of, like... But his hackles are up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, like, snarfing and kind of, like, trying to move around, but uh, he's having yeah, a hard time. he has no hat. It's really weird. Like, he's still got the body of the chain mail with the spider on it, but the helmet's removed and he's a little awkward. Like, yeah. It chafes at the neck. Like, well, and he's, he's used to like having a bunch of hammers hang off him all the time. So like the lack of weight is very freeing. Yeah, but, he uh, tries to raise a paw and he accidentally jumps and knocks himself over. Like he's Jesus. just he's, he's used to being a full turtle and now he's just yeah. mostly wolf again. Yep, yep. When you have the keys, Alan is keeping watch. Uh, what do you do? Let's uh, head up to that room. You run up to the door. Are we in dim light? Yes, we sure are. <laughs> I'm just going to fly up with my cloak of the bat for fun because I can. Great. So you, you fly up the eight stairs. <laughs> <Yeah. through> the- <laughs> so great. So fucking cool. Though. <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> she almost I never become. Be- I didn't become a bat. <laughs> I was no, just no, picturing no. you just. Almost Batman never quite getting to full bat. No. Just, just like half morphing and There's then just morphing back. I was going to say the middle yeah. of an yeah. Animorphs yeah. cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, if you put an Animorphs cover against a mirror so it turns <laughs> animal and then back immediately, that's what it looks like from the side. It's amazing. Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Quinny, what are you doing? You've got sort of a ring of like 10 keys mm-hmm. um, and the door's in front of you. I'm going to check the door for traps. Okay, go ahead and roll. 12. The door doesn't seem to be trapped. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to try and unlock the door then. As soon as you slot the key in, Mm -hmm. you hear a tick to your right, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the wall comes flying at you. So you can roll me a deck save to get out of the way. Yeah, I want to backflip out of that. 21. You almost became a Quinny sandwich. (laughs) Um, Kind of backflip down the stairs, and I think it's one of those like classic Indiana Jones, like, ah, the wall sort of clicks back into position. Okay. Butthole, you're still doing your dance? Yeah, like if they come at me, I'm going to charge them and it's going to turn into murder town, but I'm going to dance and try to spook them until I have to fight I mean, them. So far it's working. Smash cut back to the boat. You threw away all the hammers, so you're just using heavy things you found on the boat to kind of like pound your armor into new shapes. You want to tell me what that montage looks like? Yeah, so I mean, it's there. Uh, it's hot. It's sweaty underneath. I'm lit by like two fire pits on either side. I'm taking pieces of armor off and dealing with them individually as I go. So like my arms are glistening. There are no close-ups of my abs like no torso it, it's like shooting kylo ren it's just like pecs, pecs up. Uh, and, and i'm like hammering away at the armor and, and just like like the symbols of moon hammer are gone and i'm just like find like something that's pyramid shape and i just look at it and i go spooky uh, and i just hammered into the armor trying to make the armor look spookier and then we cut to me in the back of the boat i've got like one of quinny's daggers and i'm looking into a mirror and I just start shaving my beard off. Like I just, it's, it's the reverse of the hero's journey where like <laughs> when they get fucked up, they grow a beard for, for butthole and he gets fucked up. He shaves it off. <laughs> uh, you want to tell me what song's playing under this montage? Oh, uh, I think it's bring me to life by Evanescence. That's what I was hoping that's, you would be. <laughs> that's that's, oh, that's my first instinct. So he's like shaving that. And we're cutting back and forth to like sparks flying from the pyramid of the armor and shaving the beard. Uh, and, and then he's he's just like reassembled the armor and he's wearing it in front of the mirror and he shaves the last piece of the beard off and he looks at himself and goes, Bobbert Tingler. Quinny's been watching this montage from over his shoulder kind of a few feet back. He's kind of like leaning over a post in the... Butthole is... Save me! 
Butthole is singing all three of these parts in all yeah. three of those voices oh, to himself yeah. while he's doing it, but he's like, he's not having fun. <laughs> yeah. like, and Quinny just says, like, from behind, like, hey, you missed a spot, Bobbert. And I just turn around and say, I miss a lot of things. And then I walk past him upstairs. So, um, Alan, oh, God. Alan, you've been noticing all this uh, going on, and uh, you can't help but notice, because you know you're, you always like to keep track of these things, mm-hmm. that currently the ship you're on is called the SS Moonhammer, and you think it might be a good idea to change this name before Butthole comes back up. So what are you going to rechristen the boat as? I think maybe I should just make it like the opposite. So I'm just going to like sun plier. <laughs> That's all it is. Sunflyer? <laughs> yeah. Great. Like he'll never know. <laughs> that makes sense. Butthole, you come up and see magical words scrawled over where SS Moonhammer was. It says the SS Sunplier. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I go to the prow and just stare off into the distance and go, I wish there was a storm. <laughs> Who's navigating right now? Uh, Quinny or Alan? Uh, I'll go up and take the wheel again. Okay, can you roll me a perception check, please? 23. Off in the distance, you see... No storm or ship. It's just a fine day at the sea for once, finally, in your adventures. Hey, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to say this is preferable, butthole. Or Bobbert. Shit, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Bobbert? Yeah, Bobbert Tingler. Who's who's that? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> Buttholes, is that Lap true? Lap all you want, but my name is Bobbert Tingler. Butthole was my slave name. <laughs> oh, I'm uncomfortable with that, Butthole says to himself. <laughs> Technically, I had that name while I was a slave, just to be really literal. But no, my name's Bobbert. Butthole was my Moonhammer name. Can I still call you Butthole? No. No <laughs> one can. It was my Moonhammer name. In the distance here. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. The sea witch is nearby. <laughs> just Parrot Jr. They, oh, okay. they got a long flight span. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, the amazing thing is Parrot Jr. took the trip out like 60 yeah. miles to make one word and go back. <laughs> to make a reference, yeah. Yeah, it's like that prison ghost. He just knows his business. Yeah. Yeah. Parrot Jr. lands beside me on the boat. <laughs> I feed him like a small piece of fruit and I say, worth it. <laughs> and the bird flies <laughs> away. Says, That's fine. So uh, do we still call Goblin Jr. Goblin Jr.? Well, I mean, his name has always been Goblin Jr. We didn't change oh, that. Shit, I don't know these rules. I was a cleric of Moonhammer. Yeah. So I had a name that went with the job. Now I'm clearly not a cleric of Moonhammer because Moonhammer is an asshole. Yeah, so I'm just some asshole. So we go back to Bobbert fucking Tingler. That's the part you've kind of just been glazing over. Glazing? I think I've been dealing with it pretty fucking well. <laughs> we don't, you just called Moonhammer an asshole and we yes, don't know why. Because Moonhammer has abandoned me. I have no powers. I have been forsaken. It's fucking terrible. I might kill myself. I can't wake up. I, I can't say, wake up. That is wake exactly what I said. That's what I want. Save me from this darkness I've become. <laughs> yeah, I am the darkness. Ugh. Sorry, I just... I thought you liked darkness. I mean, for like its utilities and for sneaking around and stuff like that. I'm not good at sneaking around. Maybe you will be now. Seems like you're nega butthole, anti-butthole. Maybe you'd be like really good stop, at sneaking around. You'd be stop. really smart now. I think you look good without the beard. Listen, all I've learned is I thought my life could be me healing people and doing good and praising Moonhammer and finding my own family. But then I discovered Moonhammer's an asshole. I'm only good at killing people. And my family are apparently just my friends because we went this far. And then everybody got secrets when power was on the table except me. So call me Bob or Tingler and call me your friend. But shut the hell up about my God. What do you mean secrets? I've got this piece of paper that keeps spookily appearing in my pocket. You got one of those? Quinny doesn't say anything, but like all the color drains out of his face. (laughs) (laughs) What's your paper say? Uh, Those secrets. Look. Those secrets. 
you wouldn't. I just run up. Butthole, I'll tell you what mine is. <laughs> what is it? If you tell me yours. I said my that. I want to see oh. whenever. I yelled it at everyone and you were like, no, I'm not saying. Yeah, he was pretty upfront about that. I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> well, now I've said mine. I, I want to know who my dad is. Okay, you're good. <laughs> I don't have an objection to that one. If we talked, I would have agreed with yours. I did not like the secret instinct, but this is impressive for sharing. All right, Mr. What Secrets? I can't. I, I almost want to, but I, I can't. I'm just going to go after wording here. You almost want to? Yes, because, wow, Alan, that's, uh, that's some personal stuff there, and I know it was probably a big deal for you to reveal that secret. I know you wanted to keep it a secret at first. That's why we wrote these down, or rather, that's why these are written down, I guess. I can't, and I just steer the ship. And with secrets hanging heavy in the air... Secret. Uh, <laughs> you continue on your way to Xanos. Cut back to the doorway. So, um, Quinny, you're, uh, you've got another chance here, but um, you can hear Butthole kind of screaming like faster because the, uh, the guards are starting to find their backbone. Has the trap been tripped permanently? Like, no, but uh, now you know where it is, so yes. you could roll to disable it. It's just it wasn't on the door. That's what I want to do. I want to see yeah. if I can disable it. Great, go for it. Anything. Not a natural, but a, a, a 20. You kind of like take one of your uh, least favorite knives and just like jam it under the mechanism. Mm. It's a crude fix, but it'll definitely hold. Okay. Uh, and then you're able to uh, unlock the door. Great. What do I see when I open that door? Similar to uh, the judge's house, the second floor was blocked off kind of entirely. So the small flight of stairs up. Once you open those doors, you've got kind of free reign of the second floor. So okay. you're in kind of a, a large landing ahead of you. You can see a big set of double doors that are very ornate. Kind of off to the left, you can see there's like a bathroom with a door open. There seems to be sort of almost like a living room space uh, kind of down the hall. Open concept. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, downstairs is is a lot tighter quarters, but um, a lot of the buildings in this area have smaller foundations and larger second floors. Things are just kind of up a bit right. uh, in Xanos. So. Those double doors look pretty uh, fancy. So I'm going to, uh, I want to check them for traffic and hopefully yeah and okay. we should stick together so i'm gonna come with okay, okay great. butthole what are you doing or sorry bobbert what are you doing yeah yeah that's it <laughs> butthole says to himself <laughs> but uh no he's uh like honestly it's just the same dance he's also stealing himself because he's realizing there is a point where they're just going to come at him and he'd really rather that be on his own terms so simultaneously he's got he's got the sword out and and he's he's like during the dance just loosening the chain around his left arm that's wrapped around his forearm and attached to his shield and the moment it looks like they're coming at him, things are going to get Tarantino-esque ultraviolet. <laughs> you hear Quinny crack the door behind you. Are you going to stay and try and fend these guys off? Or are you going to go join them? Here's a question about this heist, because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. This is just a means to an end, because ultimately you, you just need the pass coins in order to get into the thiefies themselves. So this was, I, I oh, think... Oh, then, then I'm just going to look down the hallway. Like, I'm dancing, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And then I just <laughs> do, like, a spin, and I stop, and I point one hand right at them, and I just go... Next time, fuckos. Uh, and I turn and run up the stairs with Goblin Jr. Uh, with those guys. Great. Uh, so you uh, run past the doors. You guys want to close those, lock them. What are you doing? I'm going to double back and pull the knife that's stopping the door trap. Pull it out and hopefully uh, that will... Rearm the... Yeah, rearm yeah. it. And I, I'm going to turn around and jam the door shut. As you do that, you hear the guards kind of like rush up the stairs and say, I hate when we're called fuckos. And uh, you hear them try the lock and then you hear like a... <laughs> and you hear, oh, God. And the other guy's like, oh, I'm hurt. He's like, oh, you had one day left until retirement. <laughs> uh, so you can hear him kind of tending to his friend. The trap isn't meant to kill. It's just meant to, like, disable. Hurt. Yeah. Unless um, you're that close to retirement, though, because osteoporosis kicks in, weak bones, just splat. Aww. Like, the one guard was probably 87. Uh, you know what? All right, I'll roll, I'll roll him a save. Give me an osteoporosis roll. 
an osteoporosis, if you will. Yeah, well, apparently uh, he didn't drink enough milk or take calcium supplements because he got a nine. So with that whole thump, you hear uh, sort of like a cacophony of, of cracking. Just the sound of hip dysplasia. It's like, if only there was a cleric. Yeah, yeah well, there fucking isn't. Uh, and I just lock the door. <laughs> Okay, great. Um, so you get the sense you bought yourselves a sufficient amount of time. Quinny, you're checking the uh, you're checking the check doors. Check out those very great. ornate looking uh, doors. You roll me a check. This is going to be a 19 now. You get the sense that a lot of the traps operate off a similar trigger, so you're able to, to kind of find it and get around it. So the doors uh, swing open into sort of a large room, big ornate desk in the middle. There's kind of like a sort of Mr. Burns style. There's like a giant stuffed bear in a corner. <laughs> There's a bunch of trophies on the wall. Uh, but most notably, on the desk, twiddling a knife and uh, flipping a coin between her fingers is... Hello. <laughs> Hello. I mean, it was a little bit of an amateur heist into this place, but... I think I can work with you. Excuse me, who are you? We did murder an old man. (laughs) (laughs) For right now, you can call me Bryn. Bryn. So you see a a half-elf, and uh, Miles, why don't you tell us uh, what you look like? Hello. So I'm a half-elf, pretty standard (laughs) half-elf. I'm wearing... Uh, Few deviations, (laughs) (laughs) Robert says to himself. You just sat down to the character creator, and they're like, default face, default (laughs) features, and you're like... Exactly. Yeah, this this works. This works. I'm going to wear a helmet anyways. I played that character Um, on Skyrim. (laughs) But she... I look like I've been through some things, and I'm pretty dangerous, wearing a midnight blue leather um, outfit that's well-designed for stealth and keeping me hidden. A sneaking um, suit for sneaking. Sneak, uh, for sneaking. For, for stealth. What missions. does your hair yeah. look like? <laughs> Is that important? To me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm picturing standard <laughs> and a blue outfit. The hair will give me enough. <laughs> the hair will give you enough. Um, it's bright red. And nice. Pro- about like, it's about shoulder length, so it could easily be hidden and kept up. Slightly longer bowl cut. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the what? what paints a very different picture from what I had. <laughs> to be fair. That salad bowl you're asking, cut. Yeah, the, you're asking the one bald character to describe hair, I uh, think. Yeah, fair uh, yeah. uh, great. So, um, Quinny, you've, uh, you've never been to the Thiefies before, but you've definitely heard about the pass coin system. It's a... Uh, you know, it's a generally accepted uh, thing for a lot of Thieves Guild type stuff. And you can see that she is flipping one of them between her fingers. Uh, you're going to have to hand that over, I'm afraid. I don't know that I have to, but you might convince me to help you. Convince? Um, Alan, set her on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll initiative. <laughs> what? Why? Roll initiative. Why am I setting her on fire? Because we got guards behind us. That is the goal right there, that coin. She hasn't attacked us. Listen, I always trust a redhead. And as someone with a, a red... I can't talk about the beard. That's the beard of that damn goddess. Why don't we all just agree to be a team? And then I'm sure, looking at her, we'll all try to murder each other later. <laughs> Look, we gotta go. All right, you're with us for now. Okay. And maybe for later, I want to find out what your second name is. <laughs> well, I think it's more that you're with me now. You hear like pounding on the doors. We will continue this conversation <laughs> later. Let's go. Deal. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits. And that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you would much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself. So carry on with your Patreon-free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case me and my regulators will see you soon. So where do we go? We're in a room and there's one door. How did you get in? Because <laughs> so, um, our way is not so much of an option anymore. There's a dead man. <laughs> so uh, Bryn uh, quickly takes you kind of around a side entrance and out through a window up onto the roof where she's already secured a line. So you're able to kind of shimmy across the butthole. Can you roll me an athletics check, please? And Alan, I'm going to need one from you as well. Sure. Unless, unless you're flying or some shit. 20 total. You're good. They're kind of like doing the, the nimble Assassin's Creed run across, and you're just kind of like swinging under oh, it. Yeah. And, yeah. Cody's tightrope walking. Yeah. Cody's tightrope and, running. And I do like a speed Bjorn with my rope. So like <laughs> Goblin Jr.'s on me. And the two of us, like he sort of like does very quiet barks, but they set the rhythm for it where it's like I shift <laughs> arms and legs every time he barks. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Worth the practice. <laughs> By the way, I rolled a nine. So you're flying then, right? <laughs> so, um, Alan, you... Um, I think to myself, maybe I should have carried Alan instead of college. <laughs> yeah, you, see, uh, you see Bryn and Quinny quickly kind of like dash across the rope. And I think just part of your brain's like, is that something half-elves can do? So you go for it <laughs> and uh, immediately fall because it's like running across a tightrope. So, uh, yeah, you begin to fall. I'll let you roll a dexterity save to try and grab the rope as you fall. Do or... you know what? Rather than dexterity, I'm just going to... You know, like... Uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, 
when uh, Voldemort as the snake is like chasing them through the house and like Harry and Hermione like jump out the window and like disapparate in midair. Yep. That's pretty much what I'm doing with Misty Step. <laughs> Just gonna Misty Step right right in the air, right over to um, the other this side. This is a definite first try mode. First yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's so like, and that looks really cool, but they look back and on the rope, it's like, snarf, snarf. It's being like, hard effort sounds, but it's going real slow. Like, it, 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 Alan has this amazing, like, badass, like, poof, poof, like, night crawler at the beginning yeah. of X-Men yes. moment. And behind them is just like somebody's chubby uncle <laughs> trying to be cool. I'll let you imagine the great it. escape themes are like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> um, so um, once uh, you've made it to the other side of the rooftop, Bryn, you're able to uh, direct them to uh, a tavern. Uh, what's your favorite tavern in town? Lean into that mic. That mic is your best friend. It's your best friend. Oh hi, Mark. Do you want to be the Oh hi, Mark Tavern? Because it could be. Yes, so. it is the Oh hi, Mark Tavern. You walk in, and what do you say to the bartender? Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> he looks up and he says, you're my favorite customer. Um, I, so, I guy, see a dog. I was going to say, Goblin, hi, Goblin Jr. has jumped up on the corner of yeah. the counter and he just sits there. Yeah. <laughs> Looking confused. Um, great. So, uh, yeah, you go to the uh, the Ohio Mark Tavern. It's a very generic looking tavern. It looks like everything was bought at Ikea. There are lots of pictures of spoons everywhere. Yeah, I looked at Alan and go, a lot of things around here are pretty standard. <laughs> It's definitely a far cry from the uh, upside down hat tavern of uh, of your, or even Uncle Jim Jim's Rum Shack. Bryn takes you to sort of a, uh, a recording off room in the back. You can see people are kind of like nodding to her. She goes. Mark has already like poured some drinks. Uh, Bryn, what's your drink of choice? Whiskey. He's poured you a whiskey, and then I think he, he looks at sort of the three of you and like he pours like a stein of beer for Bobbert, pours a glass of wine for Alan, and he pulls mm-hmm. out like a tiny cup and fills it with milk for Quinny. And he's like, <laughs> We don't serve underage people here. Quinny takes it because like I mean, does he, likes a lot of good. he likes a glass of milk and he also just got taught a lesson in early onset osteoporosis mm-hmm. but also i uh, i like chug it and then i say i'm a halfling i'll have a mead Ooh, sorry uh he pours you a mead real quick <laughs> okay that one's on the house right because you discriminated against me uh, sure is <laughs> don't good. tell the media <laughs> and, then I, and then i slap quinny on the shoulder and say great job fooling the bartender son i spill my drink everywhere it's like an empty mug now you're reminded of another empty mug on the day that everything went wrong for you yeah, go, go fuck yourself. Me? You hit me. <laughs> I, I'm talking to myself. This happens now. You, it's something you've learned with Bobbert that stuff will hit him the wrong way, and he just starts yelling all in his own. He did not hit you. He did not. Oh, boy. Um, Thought we were done with those references. <laughs> nope. I haven't seen the movie. Don't get a single one yeah. of them. This is... <laughs> Sometimes weird shit happens at bars. Bryn, you take them uh, sort of back into an area in the back, and you've got your drinks, you're settled in, so you actually have a few minutes to uh, to get to know each other and, and lay the groundwork. So Bryn explains that based on this, the sort of recent havoc that's occurred during the Thiefies, a new rule has been instituted that there's actually a, a hard cutoff on being able to win the thiefy and to steal it from the mm. person who's won. For the past few years, there's a master thief who has managed to steal it every single time, and most recently robbed Bryn of the award right before the Thiefies, right before that window closed. The Master Thief, and Quinny, you're familiar with this character because she's nominated for a Thiefie every year in categories you wouldn't believe. She's the Meryl Streep of Thieves? She's, in fact, Meryl Streep, (laughs) the Orc Thief. So you've definitely heard of uh, Meryl. Her reputation precedes her. She's really overrated. (laughs) Only in some roles. Um, I I heard that from a racist troll who runs a village. (laughs) The only orange goblin. (laughs) Mm, Fantasy realm. That's why he's dead. (laughs) 
Um, so, uh, yes, so Merle Streep... Uh, Killed by the traveling hero Obama. <laughs> I, I just want to say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And his sidekick, bye, Dawn. The I, dragon. I know we've just ruined the next episode you had planned, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> jokes have been told. Oh, boy, oh, yeah. No. I'm going to have to wait to adventure with Obama, though. Yeah, i got to rip up that uh, Sean Spicer boss fight. <laughs> He's a bard who isn't very good. <laughs> no? His mind is too charisma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we going to cast the entire cabin now? Because like, a little goblin called the Mooch. And just like... <laughs> Stop <laughs> pitching gold. <laughs> uh, just, like, I just... I want the title of this episode so badly to just be Strong Spicer has mind is too charisma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Derailed quickly. Just, now I'm desperate to meet the mooch. <laughs> like, this joke is giving me side quests. I really want to go on. Well, I mean, you know, just be a good boy all year and maybe Santa. Oh, just good God. The mooch and Yevgenovich. There's our side <laughs> show. Yevgenovich and the mooch. It sounds like a bad uh, early morning radio show. Like, yeah. Yevgenovich and the mooch, mooch, mooch. Yeah, the wheels are spinning for me now, too. I'm thinking about fighting like a giant pig monster, like Calamity Bannon. That's going to be real spooky. Anyway, so Bryn has a sort of a standing grudge against Merle Street because of how many times she's won, but also because last year Bryn was so fucking close to pulling off victory and unfortunately was robbed of her moment in the sun. But she's also aware of the value of a good crew, and her, a lot of the crews she works with are in action around the world because she's kind of a mover and a shaker in the Thieves' Guild. So she's looking for a crew. So, listen, I'm not a big fan of the Merle Streep. Uh, <laughs> she's, uh, <laughs> she's stolen the thiefy from me with seconds to spare, mm. too many times to count. And because I've failed... I've been sent out for the last couple of years and haven't been allowed to be at the Thieves because I've been on contract. So I need some help in order to get the Thiefy this year. Why are we the help? Why us? As I, the former I'm mercenary. Just, I'm just standing in the corner kind of with my arms crossed, like really skeptical. I don't know. I don't know who this person is. Oh, I go to step in, but I look <laughs> at Alan doing that and I'm like, oh, it's a bit. Uh, and I cross <laughs> my arms. It look really cool, too. Uh, and then Goblin Jr. lays down and lays one paw just sort of over the other and ends up looking like a dainty princess. But he thinks he looks like a badass. You three have caught the attention of more people than you know. Goblin Jr. goes snarf and I go, just let it go. I know what there's for. Just... <laughs> 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 Goblin Jr. actually thought she was talking about Quinny as an odd person. So if you think you've been stealthy, you haven't been as stealthy as you think you are. So we, we in the city know what you've been up to. And I think you have potential. Well, I guess there's a silver lining to complete and utter notoriety. Tyler in real life is furious as Quinny right now. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so what, you've recruited your crew, I suppose. What else is there to this? You've got your coin. You've got your crew. What's next? I thought I was proposing for you to be my crew. Was that not clear? Yeah, we're the crew. We're here. And Great, I you're need in? a thiefy. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Just to be clear, listen, I thought we were just going to be badass over here, but it sounds like we've signed... What's, what's in it for us? What's the, the usually... Listen, having been a mercenary, signing bonus, payment, payment upon completion. You're also a thief. Listen, I've killed a lot of pirates. Uh, homicide is on the table. Listen, I don't care about gaining the title of a thiefy owner. 
I just don't want her to have it. You just got it out for Merle Street. Oh, hell yes. And I think, Quinny, you might want one. Uh, yes, I, I do. We just need to do a quick huddle. Sure. All right. We'll be right. We'll be right back. So we huddle off to the uh, side. I've never met a half elf before. What the hell? Okay, I need you to focus up. Quinny, this is great. I always tell you when we meet people, we can make friends. She already wants to help you achieve your greatest dream. She has red hair. Why does she have red hair? Wait, was your wish about a thiefy? No, it wasn't. Okay. That's not what the huddle is for. <laughs> this is just what I was like, is this a huddle for guessing wishes? <laughs> <laughs> this all seems way too easy. We were having a hell of a time in that mansion getting that coin, and then she shows up effortlessly looking so fucking cool. Think it was a setup? I don't know what to think yet, but I don't think we can trust her. So let's I kill say, her. No. Just right in the face. Why just a knife. No, no. She's got skills. Okay. She, she got also that hasn't done anything wrong yet. Well, well, you just said it was a setup. Just throwing it out there. I'm just saying, what have I learned that I'm good at? Murder. What doesn't matter? Life in any way, shape, or form. So all I'm saying is, couple of quick stabs, we got that coin. Boom, on to the next thing. Okay, I want you to keep that in your back pocket, and it may come to that. Um, I'm a little bit right miffed now, about, you know, life doesn't matter. A little concerned for my own safety momentarily. We're family. We've been over this. We shared secrets. And the important thing is, I'm always going to stand by family to the death. Hey. Okay. Who called the huddle? Me. Uh, a friend. <laughs> I say we let this play out a little longer. I say we go along with Brent. Does that sound good to everyone else? I'm already nodding, but writing the word murder on a napkin and shoving it into my underwear. <laughs> you find the wish note when you stuff it in. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't have pockets. Sound good? Fine. But we keep a close eye on her. Absolutely we do. And I know I asked you to set her on fire earlier. I need you to be ready to, to do that if she comes down to it, if well, stabbing doesn't work. I just work. want to be clear. You're playing real hard right now, but we've seen you with other thieves when stuff goes bad and you get all like emotional and caring and stuff. So I'm just telling you right now, if she sells us out, I'm just sticking her and she's dead. I'm counting on it. Bryn, can you please roll me a perception check? <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking full volume. <laughs> <laughs> 23 total. I think you can hear everyone except for Alan. Because Quinny normally speaks really stealthily, but, like, he's kind of fired up. Whereas Alan is, like, so legitimately unnerved that she seems to just be, like, legitimately muttering under her breath. Right. Uh, so you hear most of the conversation. Okay. You also hear us all say at the same time, go Junior Jays. And then we break the huddle. So I think, never understood that one, but okay. I'm just happy that we have, like, a tradition. Yeah. Thanks, little Pim Pim, wherever you are. <laughs> And I look over at the three of you huddling, and I kind of give Quinny a smile. And I say, have we come to some consensus? You've got yourself a crew. Amazing. And I just make a note on my hand. Doesn't respect huddles. <laughs> Check mark. <laughs> <coughs> so what Bryn is able to tell you about the Thiefies this year, um, so she is, uh, she's a member of the, uh, the Thieves Guild. And as such, is privy to some information about sort of the comings and goings. She has, knows the um, the head of the guild and is uh, thus kind of privy to some early details. But of course, the thiefies are always kept fairly secret. So every year, the thiefies are held in a different location. Um, they move around to different thieves guilds. There are a number of guilds that operate throughout Faerun. It's always a really big deal to host them because it's kind of your chance for your guild to show off, but also, you know, it's just a prestigious thing. So it's a particularly good year for revenge on Bryn's part. The pass coins are used to go to a location that's uh, delineated in every town, and whether sometimes it leads directly into the location of the thiefies, sometimes it's a portal, sometimes it's various other things. The idea is to never have it in one 
place or in an easy to find place because they don't want the authorities or less honorable thieves outside the guild trying to bust in, steal everything, kill everyone, et cetera, right. et cetera. Uh, Miles, can you roll me an investigation check, please? 18 total. You know, you know the right questions to ask and the right people to ask. So in asking Mark of Oh Hi Mark, he's, uh, he's filled you in on uh, what he's heard. There's a pleasure palace uh, that you've heard of but never been to called the Mirage. And uh, word on the street is that the uh, thiefies will be happening at the Mirage. Those are the details she has. The pass coins you have will basically allow you general admittance. The thiefies tend to work in a tiered system. So there's general admittance, there's VIPs, and then there's award nominees, award winners. The way the thiefies work, it's a three-day event. There's usually sort of like a big entertainment on the first day. There's an auction on the second day that VIPs from throughout Faerun are invited to attend. Uh, and then the third day are the thiefies themselves. And uh, as you know, there are different tiers of thiefies. So there's the light fingers, which are kind of the, the entry-level pickpockets, that sort of thing. There's the grifties, which are the um, the very solid awards for, you know, best long con, best disguise, etc. And then, of course, there are the awarding of the thiefie. The, uh, the thiefies are set to begin tomorrow. With your entrance, um, you're allowed to stay on the premises. So what uh, Bryn recommends is any information or items or anything you want to take care of in town, uh, today's probably the day to do it. And then tomorrow you can uh, take a run at the thiefies proper. Okay. And sorry, what's the name of the guild that's hosting? What do you think they'd be, Miles? Seeing as it is your guild. The Wanderers. Great. I'm going to go over to Bryn. I need to know the best blacksmith in town. And if you got anything, that'll give me a discount. <laughs> My friend Reginald, he can he can hook us up. He works over at McSquiggly's. See? Perfect. Let's go to McSquiggly's. I want to talk to this Reginald guy. I'm impressed by the breadth of your knowledge of this city. Do you know what? I don't really have much to do. I'm just going to follow uh, you two. She's going to go to McSquiggly's. It's going to be great. I don't have much to do. I'm just going to paranoidly follow you around <laughs> staring at you. That's pretty much it. Good instincts. Yep. I like that. So um, you make your way to uh, McSquiggly's, despite the whimsical name, like the font on the sign, he's like dead serious, <laughs> uh, like a law firm. He lost a bet to me. I made him name it McSquiggly's. <laughs> I'm going to like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you enter the, uh, the blacksmith shop and um, you can see uh, there's a thin dwarf with extraordinarily large arms and he's, uh, he's hammering away and he's got a little uh, nameplate. That says Reginald, but he also, you notice, has like several pins, like one's a smiley face and one's like a bird. Does he have flair? He, he does. And you want to know who made him wear the flair? You have to, you have who to made say, him wear the flair? Oh, I medium. did. I, I, I made him wear the flair. And I say, he looks great. I also have a pension for costumes. <laughs> Reginald greets you, Bryn, and uh, kind of asks what you can do for you. Butthole, you're looking at the uh, the sword that you found in sort of the, the bowels of the ship. Stephen helped you uh, find it. It was one of the, the swords from the battle, and it's, it's pretty bashed up. Yeah, this I, I actually weapon. look at it, and then I, like, tap it on the counter, and the blade breaks off the handle. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't fight those guys. Uh, and then I set that down. And then I just sort of like get in line behind Bryn, even though clearly I'm, it's okay to talk. I act as though there's like a queue that we're all going up to buy things. That's just respectful. Yeah. And I look above where he's standing and there's actually like a McDonald's style board that has drawings of different weapons and like prices and stuff. And I'm like wondering, like, do I want to get a combo? <laughs> like, and beneath it, there's a, a sign that says, no, we don't have margaritas. Yeah, yeah. And then the other sign says no substitutions in combos. Uh, and then I, like, once she's she's done, then I'll go talk to this dwarf. Britain, so what are you doing? Are you trying to get Butthole a discount or are you just uh, just kind of introducing him to Reggie? I think I'm calling in a favor to get Bobbert what he needs. The good gear? The good gear. 
Reginald knows that I've what I've been planning for a while, and it's uh, I'm like, okay, I need what I we prepared. Yes, ma'am. He kind of takes what he's working on, puts it to one side, and like opens a drawer. He takes off a toe key that he has. Apparently, it's a thing with dwarves, <laughs> uh, and he uses it to like open a, a shelf, and he pulls out just some like much better, finer looking metal, and he kind of uh, looks to you, and he said. Uh, so, uh, sir, what can I do you for? Seems your sword's a little broken. He looks at it, he's like, ugh, northern steel. Kind of like spits on the ground. See your southern dwarf? Yeah, you know it. I speak dwarfish, and I've never met a fucking northern dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> to say to myself. And I'm like, all right, Reginald, I need like two things from you I'm going to ask out loud, and then a third thing that I need to whisper as a secret. First of all, I need a, a sword, and I need a good one. Second of all, I need a helmet <laughs> because I've learned enough about not wearing helmets. And then third, I need you to make this armor look scary instead of stupid because I just hit it with what I found on the floor and it doesn't look as spooky as I want. It just sort of looks like I hit it with stuff. <laughs> it kind of looks you up and down. He's like, yeah, that, I mean, I agree. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Let's McSquiggle that for you. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So I uh, would like to McSquiggle size my armor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't see that traveling plane McSquiggle size me. It was real negative about our work here. Yeah, but it was false. They proved that later. That guy's a hack. He, he lost his two other traveling shows. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he takes your armor and he starts going to work. And um, so now I'm standing almost nude, and I look at I look at them, and I'm like. Phew. He's just polishing it. I just wanted to sun, sunbathe. Uh, and I, I lay on the floor and I'm like, oh, the sun's so bright in here. <laughs> so his his montage is to Jitterbug, nice. like in Zoolander. Uh, and you notice as he's working that uh, his hammer has like a clown squeaker in it. So every time he bashes <laughs> the it, there's like a squeak. And every time he does it, you can see him shudder just a little bit. And Bryn just smiles a little broader. <laughs> But in my head, I'm actually closing my left eye. So I'm just seeing a man raise an arm and then blinking so I don't see the hammer. And then opening my eyes, I get to see sparks. So it looks like he's not moving and the armor's just getting better. But I think that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to tip. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he makes you a, a badass version of what you were going for. You know, he paints it. So it's like jet black, I assume. Or oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely jet black. So he paints it jet black. He, it's also like shiny, though. Like it's got like a sweet exterior. Like like I, I didn't go with the matte finish. <laughs> like it's <laughs> almost a nice like black gloss. Yeah, on no, it's, it's a yeah, solid gloss. Spare yeah. no expense. And meanwhile, while he's doing this, I sidle over to Quinny and say, this is who you chose for your cleric? Didn't exactly get to choose. Also, he's not a cleric anymore. Interesting. Yeah. And I yell over from where I'm fake lounging and blinking rhythmically with the hammer going, and I go, I'm a godless monster. So, he's been going through changes. <laughs> Growing pains, we like to say. That puts a bit of a wrench in our plans, wouldn't you say? As long as we don't take any damage whatsoever, we should be fine, right? Master thief genius. Why so antagonistic, Quinny? I've done nothing but help you, Quinny. Yeah, that's the problem. Why? Because that is hella suspicious. And Quinny says hella. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, Quinny. I like the idea that you would drop out of character for one <laughs> word in a sentence. I am on this team. Rather, you are on my team. Because, trust me, you're not going to get that thiefy without me. I oh, and hand. that hurts so much inside Quinny's heart. <laughs> Because she's probably and right. It's underscored by the squeaking of the hammer. Yeah. And I put one hand around my mouth as though to whisper to Quinny, but I'm still clearly yelling to the whole room in a whisper voice. I go, I think she's into you. <laughs> Thanks for uh, cutting the tension and replacing it with, 
horrifically awkward silence. <laughs> and then I cup the, the opposite hander on my mouth. <laughs> I look to Brittany go, I think he's into you. <laughs> and Reginald's like, uh-oh, if I had a dollar for every time there was a love connection at McSquiggly's. <laughs> Could be up on the photo wall. <laughs> then I, uh, I bring Alan over and I'm sketching a picture of the helmet I want to have. And I'm like, Alan, I need help. I need it to be the spookiest, saddest helmet. What do I put on it? it needs to be spooky? Yeah, I need it like the, the scariest, saddest thing. Oh, what about Kuklaku Clock? Amazing. And I draw a picture of, as far as I know, I'm Carl the Beholder. <laughs> so that it, it's it, it's like the helm from Gladiator that I want with like the spikes around the top. But at the forehead is just a giant beholder with like its thing. It's, it's like wiggly arms moving forwards. He looks at it and he's like, oh, that's a lot of work. But then he looks at Bryn and he's like, yeah, okay. Squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> you're, putting, you're putting a hood ornament that ostentatious on your helmet going into the thiefies? I am a six foot three, 240 pound man in spiky black armor. And you're worried about the headset? <laughs> I'm worried about the investment. Well, see, you think I'm going to sneak around, and that's never happened. Not even once. No, no. What I'm going to do is what I've been taught to do. Because ultimately, what did I try to do? I tried to save lives. I tried to improve things for people. I tried to spread the word of a goddess to the point where I risk my life and the lives of my friends and family. And you know what? That paid off jack shit. So what am I good at? Yeah, thank you, Goblin Jr. Thank you. What am I good at? Murder. I'm going to go in, and you guys are going to be sneaky and try to do the right thing and blah, blah, blah. But you put me in a room full of thieves. They're all scumbags, and if somebody gets in our way, boom, hammer. No, no, sword in the face. I'm going to murder everybody, and I'm going to defend us because this world is a hollow, empty shell, just like my heart, and I'm going to make it a little bit emptier. I can work with that. Jesus Christ, Reginald, are we ready yet? (laughs) (laughs) Squeaky, squeaky. Give him his time. (laughs) Actually, that's uh, that's my favorite piece of flair. And he points to a button that says, Jesus Christ, are we ready yet? (laughs) (laughs) He finishes it up uh, because he's very quick. And uh, luckily, he he had a helmet that he could kind of bend to this uh, rather quickly. So, uh, yeah, so he gives you the helmet and uh, he passes you uh, the sword. The sword he already kind of had on hand. It's uh, it's a long sword. Uh, looks like pretty hefty. Looks like you could swing it with one hand or two. He's uh, he's painted it to be the same color as uh, as your armor. So you've got like a matched set, glossy and chrome. And uh, he says, you know, witness me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Every uh, he said, uh, every good weapon needs a name. What shall you call this one? Slaughter Gore. So he. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! So he uh, Todd McFarlane over here. <laughs> yeah, he takes out a he takes out like a, a small chisel, and in that way, where you like overline things in a notebook when you're being emo, where it's like five lines for every line. He like very like sketchily writes slaughter gore down the blade. I and imagine I, in like Slipknot font. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then the, yeah, that's a, thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to describe. And then he draws like a little anarchist A in a circle. <laughs> Nice. Uh, And then I take out my chain shield uh, and I look at it and I go, I got to name this too. Blood punch. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I give it to him to stencil. Yeah, he gets out the paint and he paints it black. And then he uh, he carves into it a fist that's punching through a drop of blood. And it looks totally metal and like something you would put on a chaos marine in Warhammer 40k. Nice. Actually, what you realize as I strap on the armor now, so I'm in this sort of like weird emo thing. While I was suntanning, I also like got some of the oil from like the, the just like around. So it's very oily <laughs> environment. Oil squiggly. I got, got three deep fryers. It really gets around. Gets around. So I'm like oiled up, and it's taken away the grime. 
So now standing in, in my armor and after having kind of like lost a little bit of weight from being a slave and that kind of thing with the shaved head and the shaved everything else, I'm actually eerily handsome. Like I've got like old school patrician noble features on top of a body that is essentially, despite the binge drinking and definite gastrointestinal issues, uh, is really solidly built. So it's like I'm so like such a jawline. It's so hot and it's like uncomfortable to look at me compared to old me where I just look like a dump truck. Beard, but it came off, and now I look like a, a fucking like really handsome supervillain uh, in my armor. Uh, but I am completely unaware. Uh, gore slaughter is a um, slaughter gore. Oh, well, <laughs> guess that's just a dyslexic weapon moment for me there. Um, it's a uh, we're gonna say it's a plus one longsword. Ooh, yeah. And once a day, you can uh, whisper to it, "Wake me up inside." Uh, <laughs> And it will, uh, when it hits, it it will cast a cloud of darkness and blind whoever you've struck. I think I lean over to Quinny and whisper in his ear, he looks like his parents. Holy shit. Uh, Quinny wasn't drinking, but he does a spit take. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-A ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. Choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.